Hello everybody out there, happy summer. We're still we're still in summer, right? It's been such a blur the past couple of months. I am excited because there's a guest I have on today, Nicole Clark Springer, who I've been wanting to get on the air with us for uh, six months. Nicole Clark Springer is the, now the artistic director of Deeply Rooted Theater. I'm the pandemic artistic director of Deeply Rooted Dance Theater. I keep telling whenever with Chris, <laughs> when I do it, I do it big. You know, I start off huge. I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here and to be joining. Thank you for asking. Oh, absolutely. This has been a long time coming. I've known Nicole for a couple of years now, I think since probably 2015, 2016. And as those of you who listen to the show know, I am a huge fan of Deeply Rooted Dance. They do a amazing work. I love taking classes there. That's one of the things that's been so hard is not being able to take classes in person because it's that in-person experience for me, which was so meaningful to me. And uh, right before we jumped into the program here, we were talking about how things have changed just as far as how you're teaching classes. I know at present you're right in the, the middle of your summer intensive. Your summer intensive is entirely virtual, correct? Yes, it is. That was a hard choice because just of what you were just saying, that we artists need things to be able to touch and we need to be in, in person. And I was trying to figure out, do I do a hybrid? Is there, you know, how do we make that happen? And with all the restrictions of having you know, 10 people in a space, it was just a very difficult decision to choose what 10 students or allow them into the space and have that opportunity. Right. So I decided to go virtual, and which has been wonderful because we've had 20 in our youth, but we currently have 74 in our pre-professional program. That was very surprising because I was wondering if this would be a thing of we're all zoomed out. You know, a lot of kids have been online teaching, you know, learning. The curriculum has been virtual and le- you know, learning online and doing that entire process since this whole thing began and I was wondering if we were starting to have Zoom fatigue and it seems like they just need some art. They need to be able to disconnect and connect and physically in a way that they haven't been able to since this entire thing began. We do our deeply rooted thing. We, we coach them up and hold them accountable physically but the most important thing for me inside of this process is that we connect the artistry and this is a, now a time for them to hold themselves accountable and think about who they are as artists and as spiritual beings. Once we come out of this entire COVID pandemic atmosphere what does that look like and what do you want to do inside of your art to possibly make things better and so that's been the conversation that we've been focused on and seeing how the ballets that they're working on like church of nations trying to figure out government deciding what happens to us and one person voting and all of a sudden it impacts the entire world and what does that look like it's been really interesting you know the conversations that we're having and the things that these young, young people are thinking about because they're they're leading it they're taking charge right now i've seen you in person working with the youth in particular as well as with the company and i know that you work really hard to pull them out to shine a light on them to see them, particularly right now with the strength of the Black Lives Movement, with what's going on, with how many people are waking up to the systemic racism, the many things that have always been here, but that some people haven't been as open to understanding. There's been this really wonderful outpouring, particularly from you know the youth in America that I think are they're just so passionate. Yeah. That is inspiring. It's 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 unfortunate mm. that the inspiration is coming from such negativity originally, I guess. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I think it's interesting. I was thinking about it the other the day and you know trying to figure out what do you what can you more can you do nick and and i had to step back for a second and say just breathe because you this is the work that you and the company have been doing for 25 years yeah you know in our own way it may be through dance but it's the work 
is moving the mission forward, is bringing forth the ideals and, and the things, the experiences of the African-American community, but we put it on a more humanistic and larger platform. So yeah. it becomes a universal theme. And so I just had to relax and go just continue doing what we do and providing space for those who want to do that and move it forward. I'm so glad that you touched on that. That's one of the things that I find so remarkable is that you have created this resonant, you know, rich space. While it can be in a physical establishment, it's not about that. Each person brings and creates an environment with them that is a deeply rooted family, that is a deeply rooted spirit, that is a deeply rooted soul. It's so welcoming and it's so nurturing. The stuff on the stage is just evidence of all the, the things that you do every day and have been doing, as you said, you know, for, for 20, 25 years. Just to back up a bit, how, what's your background? You know, where, like, where did you start? Oh, how far back do we go? I'm so old. Um, no, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. Quick synopsis. I am originally from Joy, Illinois. According to my mom, she says, I started dancing in the womb at a Billy Preston concert. Uh, and she, no, seriously. And I was like, okay, whatever. But my aunt, you know, she, she says she was there. It was true. I actually studied with Joy at Ballet Society with Colette Soltis and with Indianapolis Ballet Theater. And we had a lot number of my classmates were going to Butler University. And so that's how I got there and studied there for four years and graduated with an arts administration degree. And when I got upon graduation, my intent was to go study with Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. And I had okay. gotten a scholarship for the summer and went for the summer. And I thought, okay, this is what I definitely want to do. I watched the Ailey company growing up and I was just smitten, you know, and I took the point shoes off for, after those four years. And I thought, okay, I think I might want to be a modern dancer. Well, I came home and, you know, saving up money and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go to New York. I put a down payment in an apartment. And at that time I had been teaching dance at Chicago State University. And a friend of mine said, you know, there's this company that's looking for dancers. You should go to audition. And I'm like, no, I'm leaving in a couple months, you know, headed to New York, hit the Big Apple and decided, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, every audition can be taken as a class. It's a free class. Why not? And I get there and my life was just changed. There was this six foot six actually a six, seven guy with his shirt off and his muscles glistening. And he worked us to a frenzy, Chris, to the point where I would never forget the mirrors were just fogged. We couldn't see ourselves and we were just all drenched. And he was, his arms seemed like they went from one side of the studio to the other. <laughs> and I'm standing behind him. And I thought the small voice inside of me said, you're never leaving his side. And I went home. I told my mother, I'm not going to New York. She asked who's going to pay for it, live in the apartment or pay for it. That she just helped me put a down payment on. And I'm like, you know, I'll pay you back, but I'm not leaving this company. And I didn't, you know, and even when I did leave to go and, and dance other places and with smaller companies or just do my other gig work, it's just what you said. Deeply Rooted was always with me. So it wasn't about the actual place or establishment. It was the spirit. And so it was something that I kept with me and I felt like I never left. And I always knew I would be back. I actually, you know, ended up re-engaged with my husband and having children. I got a phone call out the blue one day and it was Iaga and he was saying that I need you to come back and be the dance education director. And I didn't blink. I didn't hesitate. I said yes. And I was driving then back and forth to Kentucky every summer from Bowling Green, Kentucky to Chicago. For the summer I would stay with my parents for you know, until we were fortunate enough to, you know, come and 
be able to move back to Chicago. But I was a dance education director for 15 years, artistic team member 12 years. And then he approached me and said that he was time he wanted to move on. He and Gary Abbott co-founded the company in, in 1996. But now he's ready to move on to creative director and he's looking to direct in a Southside Dance Center. So we're going to have our own building sometime in the near future. And so that's his focus. He asked if I would take the charge and lead the company. And again, I didn't hesitate. I don't know if that makes me crazy (laughs) because I answered so quickly or is it just something I know? I know that I love this company and it's given me a lot. It's shown me the best of myself and then even the worst and the worst being the, the notes that I have to take. You know, it's like being in the studio. They're just notes. They're just adjustments. It's shown me how to make adjustments in my life to be a better person, which makes me a better artist. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I've grown a lot because of these two gentlemen and what they've created. Kevin Iaga Jeff is one of the co-founders and he is, he's both imposing and so warm. He is very tall. Yes, he is. (laughs) It's like a gleaming beacon. It beckons to him. (laughs) It does. It does. This is very true. That's perfect. I'm going to tell him that. You are. He he is. I mean, he's just, Iaga is just so just in tune and, and aware of what what's going on, of individuals you know, in the space, of what's needed, when it needs to be said. I mean, I've, I've learned a really learned a lot sitting between this, you know, he and Gary, and that's why I feel supported inside of this role. Stepping into artistic director, no one ever knows what to expect, and right. you you think you know, and you and you learn that you really know nothing. You just know that you have some tools, and you bring what you can and do it to the best of your ability. But there are many times inside of being a part of the artistic team that there were just natural learning curves for me or natural learning right. moments. You know, we could be sitting in a theater during tech and he'll lean over to me and just whisper, you see how the light is hitting the curtain, you want to do this. Or he'll just invite me randomly to a development call and let me sit there and listen. I'm the type of person that's perfect for me because I don't need you to tell me this is what you're learning. Just provide the opportunity for me. And he was right. always providing the space for me to, to grow. And to step into who I needed to be. And I think he saw this coming before I did. In fact, a funny story, when I was dancing with the company, my aunt passed away from diabetes. And so I decided to have a performance in her honor and the proceeds would go to the diabetic associations. It was daunting. It was challenging, you know, dealing with dancers. And I came back and the dancers were looking at me like when I sat us down, we all you know, kind of reflect on our summer. What do we do? Tell me what you did this summer. And I didn't say anything. And so finally, one of my fellow dancers said, artist said, are you going to tell him about the show? And, she, and he looked at me he's like, what show? And so I proceeded <laughs> to you know, let him know what you know, we, I did that summer I put on the show. And he's like, do you think you want to be an artistic director? And I say, heck no, never in life would I do this. Fast forward 20 years later, here we go. So I think maybe he saw something there that I didn't, you know, he's kind of fed into it and, you know, and gently opened up that space for me. I'm grateful. It's a really happy story. It's so wonderful that you know to have found a group in which you can have that home, which again is the energy that this company always has. It's where you are able to be vulnerable. Mm. The dancers you have in the company are some of the most finely tuned, brilliant, athletic <laughs> individuals I've ever met. They they do make it look easy, and you you see them make it look easy, and you try what they do, and your back goes out. You're like, Wait, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know is your, I mean, I, I know I've asked you before, is your leg really supposed to lift like that? How do they do that? You know, it's a practice. It's a lifelong practice and it's a lifelong pursuit and it's really hard in your body and they do make it look so easy. Yes. It's beyond that too, because one of the things I think is really interesting, there's a body language, there's a expression language that feels very original 
to the company. Mm-hmm. I don't know where some of the roots of the company may have come from or where it comes through, but there's there's just something that feels very unique. Where are the inspirations? Where did that come from for you? As a company, we are rooted in the modern techniques, the classic modern technique, Graham, Horton, Lamone, but we are also African-based. Connecting spirit to dance. Not hesitate to use the word spirit, but I, use, I don't use it... Uh, lightly and toss it around because sometimes it can sound very esoteric you know and oh spirit but spirit in the sense of your intuition listening to that quiet voice that knowing that we all have and so that doesn't become a religious thing for me that's it's a thing that you know it's true it's a a knowing that you have and just following what that movement tells you just going with it The, the easy part with the not so easy part is the technique and like you said, it is a language, just like words are a language for the poet. You know, you don't yeah. start to think about how to conjugate the sentence. You just kind of go for it. You just kind of do it because that's what we've been taught. And so every time you know we're in class and we're you know, fine tuning our technique and our movement, it's so that it will come out so easy when we start listening to that inner voice, that knowing that something that wants us to move in this direction and you go with that. And you don't have to think about how it's just there. It's a second yeah. nature kind of thing. I know as a choreographer for myself, I don't move without a vision. If I don't see it and it's not plain to me, I, I can't move forward in my life. And so it's like that in the studio for me as well. It's almost like being at the drive-in and watching a, a, the big screen for me. Yeah. I, I literally see it on stage and then it comes out. I see it and then I can do it. Not to say that it doesn't come through the body because it does. And I'll play with things, but I, I have to see the vision first, you know, and then I move from that. But it's being guided and it's the story is given. I have to admit there's been times, I don't know if you had a chance to see my ballet Lambs uh, with the quartet with the women. I didn't want to do that ballet. And so the vision wasn't there. I was tired. I was coming off of a hard season and then a, a, you know, a long summer intensive. And I kind of got pushed by Kevin Ike Jeff, you know, <laughs> hoodwinked yeah. to do this, <laughs> to get in the studio. I have been listening to this particular piece of music. Uh, Nina Simone, Isn't It a Pity? Her cover of the Beatles, George Harrison, her version of it. And it's lovely and it's haunting and it's really sad. And I just kept listening to this music over and over. And so when I got into the studio, it was difficult to see the vision. I had to really rely on just my physicality and just to move and then, you know, and be in the space inside of what she was saying and and the breadth of, you know, between the, the keys. Because she's, she's one of my favorites. She's like my spirit animal, Nina Simone is. My favorite artist, you know. And so it's just lovely. All of her work is beautiful. And so that came, and I found myself, I call the Oprah ugly cry at the end of rehearsal. And you have to finish the ballet because I'm like, what just happened? That was really surreal because I really didn't have an idea. And I was just kind of going with spirit. You know, I didn't have the knowing. I didn't have the vision. I just had to trust that something was coming. And I didn't know what it was. And that was scary. That was a scary moment. But it turned into something beautiful, I think. The dancers kind of really open themselves up. There, there's, I don't know how to best describe it. There's dance you see in which people are performing, mm-hmm. but there's dance you see in which people are believing. Yes. Yes. When they are being and when they are believing, I find it blows my mind, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not about this perfect technique. It's about mm-hmm. being the thing. I, I can't own it. I think it's the shoulders that I stand on. Kevin, I Jeff. Gary Abbott, the shoulders they stand on, Leah Cole Thompson, Cleo Parker Robinson, Alvin Ailey. We look at them as these huge figures, you know, in in history, but they were actual people, you know, and 
mentors to these men. And so the, the work ethic and the idea of working from that place, it's there. My dad, you know, teases me, but I really do equate it to that Michael Jordan game six kind of thing. It's that point of when you can physically no longer push anymore, but you know there's more there. And I think that's when that inner drive, that spirit, that connection of, oh no, this is going to happen. It's got to happen. And it's when that clicks, it's that moment when you step out of yourself and you allow that other worldly, that drive, that inner being to take over and go, it's okay. I got it. You don't have to worry about it. You just go, go on spiritual autopilot, you know, and you go. And even before a show, Chris, it was crazy, but we would run an entire evening before the show. And then I would go downstairs, clean myself up, put my makeup on in 10 minutes and then hit the show again. And by that time you just had to rely on spirit. You know, it was like, okay, <laughs> all right, they're paying for this one. So you really got to go for it, you know, <laughs> and make it happen now. I don't know any other way, and especially with the dance education portion, which is so important because I see how they look up to our artists and they look up to our company members and they are going to be the future dance education director or artistic director, you know, and I can't hold on to what I have been given and and have experienced, you know, I have to move on. At some point, I'll be stepping out of this role and the, the next one has to come. And so I, it's imperative that they understand the culture and the spirit of this com you know, community that we've created. But they don't have to keep it here. They take it out into the world and spread seeds that way as well. So it doesn't have to be deeply rooted. It's for everyone to, to have and share. But I will definitely say for our youth, it's so rewarding to see that click or that switch happen because it shows them that not only in the studio do I have the ability to overcome, I take it outside. And a lot of times I've heard, you know, students have come back to me and say, Miss Nikki, I hear your voice, you know, and I'm a bulldog. I am. I'm a coach. You know what? You know how I am. You know, I am. You know, I'm, I'm a bulldog. They need to hear that voice until my voice disappears. And that voice is now their voice telling them to move and continue and push. And you've got this. You, you know, what's interesting is people sometimes use the term tough love. You know, mm. this is tough love. It's necessary. You know, mm -hmm. I don't feel that from you. I feel like you love tough. <laughs> and yes. it's, it's different it's different because you love hard you love these dancers I, you and you love these oh. folks and you're gonna you, you are gonna push them because you know they're capable of it you want them to yes, know it too i do i you know that's it's so funny you say that I, that's my personality period i do i love hard and i protect those and i'll do anything for them you know and i'm, I'm about that with the dancers i will do anything for yeah. these dancers I want them to see themselves, their beauty, because they are, they're amazing. They come into the space amazing. And I just want to show them what I see. Even if they don't see it for themselves, I see it there. And so, yeah. Thank you for understanding me, Chris. You get me. <laughs> yes. I do. Well, that, and you that's why me. I miss being in class with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh, thank you. It is very inspiring. And when I Ooh. leave class, I, you know, I am physically tired, but I'm, I'm mentally nourished. My journey the past couple of years has been realizing that my body has been trying to say something that I haven't been letting it. To realize that and start to open that voice up. What is it that it's wanting to say? What is it I'm trying to say and making space for that has been a late life process. All that time I was sort of repressing this certain need to physically express and trying to understand. I reached out to Aiga when I was realizing some of these things and I was like, I'm not really sure what to do. And his response was, you need to take class with us. And he was right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he he normally is. It's a little annoying sometimes, but he's correct. No, but I think that's absolutely fantastic. That's wonderful, Chris. That's really that's you know, that touched it's, me. It's incredible. Oh well. It's important to have that space. It's not only just important to have that space for a person to be able to do this. It's important for a space to exist in which they can repeat to go through this, so they can make part of their lives. And again, fully self-realized. Here's something that's really interesting is that some of the techniques that I have learned, and, and again, learned within your class, that I then have brought home with me and you know begun incorporating into some of my movement leave mm-hmm. me feeling a certain way i am absorbing that spiritual yes. energy i am beginning to understand that spiritual energy and it's not even like i'm learning language it's helping me unlock these body mind mm-hmm. connections that mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't know were a thing in doing that i think it helps me understand a lineage that goes back hundreds of years yes and I don't know how to explain that, but I feel like I am now feeling a connection to something that goes goes far beyond where I am now and far far back in history mm-hmm. that I don't really understand yet. It makes me feel more connected to humanity. To touch on this, though, you know, as an example, right now you're in the middle of dance tetsu. This has been going on for a couple of weeks now, and, and, mm-hmm. and you've been working through this. What is the goal or what is the premise of dance intensive with Deeply Rooted? Right now, the goal for me working in this platform virtually everyone knows about you know i don't profess to be the horton guru or the ballet guru so they can anyone can take a class inside of uh, our technique classes i'm looking for the students to be challenged by the instructors in a way that reminding that it's you now you know i'm not going to be there to grab your leg and put you, you know, put it here and do this we all now have to hold each other accountable but, and more importantly hold ourselves accountable and that's a difficult thing when you're in that space by yourself and you could cheat, you know, you, you know, maybe can lay off and not push so hard. What does that say about yourself? What are you telling yourself? If I can't do this by myself, why am I going to do it when I get into a classroom with 20 other students? And so you kind of find out how bad do I want this? What do I want to feel like or look like when I, when the COVID doors open up inside of that, that still translate to what kind of artisan then am I? Am I going to want to do the work when it feels good? Or am I going to, speak when this vision is given to me and it's a difficult conversation or it's a difficult ballet that no one really wants to talk about am i going to have the fortitude to say this work needs to be done and i have a voice and i have a clear voice and it should be heard and sometimes you know we all don't agree but what i have to say is important inside of this time and this space and so technically i want them to be challenged but i want them to be challenged mentally and spiritually as well And that's the huge one that I found our youth. The parents even got it. We don't do a performance at the end. We do what I call a sharing and a continuum. And this is the first time I allowed the parents to come and have conversation about what they just saw. And so many of them were either in the same room, the same space as their child, you know, shared the choreography, or they decided to be in a different space and watch from their device, you know, and then log on, you know, come in later on. But a lot of them had express that they've never seen their child dance with such clarity and emotion. It was like they actually had something to say inside of that choreography. And it didn't feel like something that was just given to them and then they were just putting it on. They really understood what they were doing and trying to portray and vocalize through this movement. That was their Michael Jordan moment. That was their, their spirit. I tell them all the time, you come with tools. You come with experiences. And so you bring your experience to the floor to this story right and that's how you you can be because you are pulling from what you know to be true 
that's why you believe what you're doing in that moment because inside this step for you means this because I've lived it. I understand that pain. I felt it before. I understand it. And that's why it's so real to me inside of this moment because I'm just reliving that moment versus trying to make up some story that doesn't have anything to do with who I am or what I know. And so that's what this summer has been about, trying to make those connections using our technique and strengthening our technique so that we can be stronger inside of those stories. Just building storytellers. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) That's remarkable. As a whole, the world is a repressive place. Mm. It wants everyone to play a role in a predefined way and it it can block you and it can lock you in and it can, Mm -hmm. you know, it it can really make you feel hopeless in a lot of ways. The the whole point of this world is you're supposed to be who you actually are. And I derive a great deal of pleasure helping to unlock other people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doesn't it feel good? It does. It does. It, 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 you know, yeah, and, man. And it's important work. It's important work. Mm-hmm. You know? We have um, the best jobs ever, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> really, we do. We do. We do. We have the best jobs ever. Let's talk about the future. In the near future, I know you're continuing to perform. I know that that there's a plan underway to be able to get you as a company a more formal home on the south side, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I know that there was a huge performance that was scheduled for this spring that was just heartbreaking because all yes. the theaters closed. Are there plans that once it's safe, bring that back out again? Yes, Goshen. Yes, it's collaboration with Deep Rooted Dance Theater, and actually Deep Rooted Productions as our creative production side. Donald Lawrence, he's a Grammy Award winning gospel artist. One of my absolutely favorites and so i had a fan girl moment when he walked in the room i was like keep it keep it together keep it together (laughs) you're an artist director (laughs) stop being 16 so it was he's a really lovely man he really really is just his work is incredible it was perfect for deeply rooted we had the opportunity and was asked to perform at broadway in chicago and premiere in the spring and then due to covid of course like all the other shows and many artists were affected we were affected with the inability to put this show up it was going to be a four week run. We were invited by McDonald's to their Fest 7 City Tour, 710. Yeah, that was um, put on hold. Actually, it was a tw- I think it was 12, 15 City Tour, to be honest with you. And so, yeah, that was put on hold. Not only artistically was that a disappointment, but financially as well. We're keeping it on the, you know, on the burner. We're definitely not letting go. We're hoping that when everything dies down and we're back to where we need to be and whatever our new normal would be that allows us to create and have that moment that we'll be able to bring Goshen back. But we're definitely looking for this spring coming up. We want to document some of our works, our classic works, an an evening called The Dance We Dance. So we're going to be working with HMS Media to do just that and have our taping at the North Shore Performing Arts Center here in Skokie, Illinois. We're working to get that going and make plans for that and just keeping our fingers and toes crossed that coming up next year which is 2021 that we'll be able to have some small audiences or gather on, on a small scale so that we can video and, and get that documented because we'll be going into our 25th season 25th anniversary so we would like to be able to celebrate it together some sort of way that's exciting so you're going into 25th season you have amazing work that many folks need to see but haven't had a chance to see we'll all be foaming at the mouth waiting for those tickets <laughs> <laughs> Please. Well, you know, I have to say this, Chris, but, and not just in person, but we are definitely looking to stream. You know, I did learn something about this old virtual world that it widened our net. We were able, and we have students who have tuned in from Bulgaria, South Africa, Tunisia, France. We've had a number of students we would have never had an opportunity to, to reach had it not been for our virtual platform. So I do think it's something to keep, keep the, you know, the deeply rooted roots 
spreading, but I miss being in the studio. I do. And I don't have a solution, and you don't have a solution, but no, we'll, 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 no. we'll get there eventually. I look forward to that day again when I can... When I can yeah. hang out with y'all. Yeah. I know. Nicole, I know you have to uh, get back to uh, to more summer intensive, so I don't <laughs> want to take too much more of your time. But you know, uh, right. it has been such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for making time. It's been a pleasure having you on. And, you know, looking forward thank to seeing you in person so soon. Thank you so much. Perfect. I miss you. And I, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. Oh, it's so good to catch up with Nicole Clark Springer. Today's show was recorded by Sydney Jones, virtually at BAM Studios. It's always a pleasure to work with you. The show was edited by Sven from Blue Box Studios. And as always, our wonderful theme song was created by Melody Jane Wachtel of This Is A Stick Up. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much for joining us today. And be safe, wear a mask, and if you have a chance, dance. It's a lovely thing. Love y'all. Bye.